Hi, this is Larry Fessenden. And this is Glenn McQuaid. And you're listening to Tales from Beyond the Pale. The podcast. Greetings, audiophiles. I'm glad you decided to join me on this little journey. I hope you'll take a deep breath now. A deep breath. And just relax and listen with me. Because wherever you think you are, maybe you're settled in your favorite chair. Maybe you're enjoying a cigar, or baking a cake, or clipping your nails. Perhaps you're snuggling up next to the fire, or slipping into something a little more comfortable late at night. Wherever you thought you were, well, look again, listener. For you have crossed over. You are no longer where you thought you were. You are now Beyond the Pale. Greetings, listener, and welcome to yet another episode of Tales from Beyond the Pale. Today's tale comes from a mind that has already traveled beyond the pale to bring you the likes of the psychedelic avalanche, I Can See You, and the delectable 3D short, The Viewer. Today's tale comes from none other than Glass Eye Picks cohort, Graham Resnick. Now, I've been waiting patiently for weeks to receive something in the mail from Graham. You see, his trip into the studio with the venerable Angus Scrim back in August was our inaugural first step beyond the pale. But then, nothing from Mr. Resnick all this time. And so it was with bated breath that I opened the parcel from Graham that slipped through the pale mail slot this morning. It is a beautiful old piece of vinyl. No, not the kind of vinyl you'll find at the manhole or the like. I'm talking about an old 33, a record. How delightful. We love a good crackle and pop here at Pale HQ. Let's hope it doesn't skip. And now, Graham Resnick's The Grandfather. Morning to you too. <laughs> Is Dorothy in there with you? Ah, I see. Not very talkative today. <laughs> okay, okay. I know what you want. <laughs> Hold on a second. Mm, patience is not your strong suit. <laughs> mm, there you go. You know what today is? It's a very important day. This afternoon, our children are coming over for a visit. Aren't you excited? Minnie and her husband James, and most importantly, little Kevin. I know you'll remember him when you see him. He just loves animals. Did you know that yesterday he competed in his very first swim meet? That's right. He just turned seven. And when you turn seven, you're allowed to swim in the regional swim club tournaments. 
I told his parents not to call me after the meet. I wanted to be surprised today. Oh, that reminds me. Sometimes I think you're more excited about fresh water than you are about the food. Ah, family is the most important thing. Wouldn't you agree? No, of course not. You're a cat. Cats don't think about family. Well, pass it along for me. I know Dorothy would love to see little Kevin. Hello there, James. Hey, Dad. And hello, Minnie. Kevin, honey, say hello to your grandfather. Hello. Why, hello there, Kevin. My gosh, you're growing up big and strong. Come over here. Give your grandfather a hug. Okay. <laughs> but don't be too rough. <laughs> ah. Mom, I still gotta go. Oh, right, honey. Um, Dad, is the house open? Kevin's gotta, you know. Oh, sure, Kevin. You just go right inside and turn left in the kitchen. Can't miss it. Okay. What a beautiful day, huh? Perfect day for a picnic. We brought our grill. I just got a brand new top-of-the-line saucer unit with a built-in starter and a slide-release charcoal buster. We marinated the steaks overnight, and this morning I made a cabbage and apple salad with blue cheese. Yeah, wait till I get this thing set up. You're gonna love it. Oh my, it all sounds so wonderful. Something to celebrate? We just love spending time with you, Dad. I've been looking forward to it all week. I wish your mom could be here too. She'd be so happy to see us all here together. Dad. Hey, I'm sure she's up there right now on one of those big white clouds smiling on down at us. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past her. Hunt is, uh, Kevin? Oh, right. Um, hey, Dad, why don't you go inside and find Kevin? We can set all this up out here. I know he wanted to spend some time with you. I'm sure he's got a lot to tell you about. Why, that sounds like a marvelous idea. You're sure you don't need any help from me? No siree. If I need anything, I'll just give you a shout. Kevin? Kevin? Are you in here? Oh, Kevin, there you are. Hello, Grandpa. She certainly seems to like you. She's okay. Kevin, is there something you want to talk about? No. You can talk to me, you know. I'm your grandfather. I know that. Ah, now, Kevin. I know what it's like to be disappointed, especially when you try so hard at something. But it's important to remember that you have your whole life ahead of you. Don't let a few disappointments here and there get in the way of your happiness. You deserve to be happy. I'm happy to be here with you, Grandpa. Oh, why, Kevin. I'm very happy to be here with you, too. So is Dorothy here. 
Aren't you, Dorothy? I won my swim meet yesterday. You did? Well, of course you did. Well, that's wonderful news. I always knew you were a top-rate swimmer. <laughs> now, here I was, seeing you were upset by something and thinking it was the swim meet. Silly of me, of course. Clearly, you're the top man for that job. So, what is it that is bothering you, Kevin? I don't want to talk about it, if that's okay. Okay. I won't ask. Did, did I ever tell you about how we got Dorothy? No. Well, it was just about a week or so before you were born, back when Dorothy was alive. But Dorothy's right here, isn't she? Aha. Astute observation, young man. The Dorothy of which I speak was my wife. Your grandmother, she and our lovely pet cat, Dorothy, shared the same name. But I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So, we were on our way to visit your mother in the hospital. You were not in any hurry to come out of there, young man. And we all wanted to make sure she was okay. In any case, we were driving to the hospital to visit when your grandmother did the strangest thing. She grabbed my arm... Squeezed it so hard I got pins and needles. And she asked me to pull over the car. Now, we were down on Route 202, which is all strip malls. And What's we... a strip mall? Well, it's a place where there are lots of stores and lots of big parking lots. So I asked her where I should go. Right into that shopping center, she said. The one with the animal shelter. So I pulled into the parking lot, and your grandmother started to get out of the car. In a very direct voice, she said, they're going to put her down. Now, I didn't have a clue as to what she was talking about, and before I could ask, she marched right into that animal shelter, and a minute later, marched right back out. Do you know what she had in her arms? Was it Dorothy? That's right. Somehow, she knew. That poor cat was about to be put down. They were destined to be together, she said, and so she knew just in time to stop it. Sunbeam, which is what we called the cat at the time, followed her around everywhere. It was a match made in heaven. If you ask me, I think they were able to communicate without even talking. Really? Mm-hmm. They were always in sync with each other, even when your grandmother wasn't in the house. I started calling the cat Dorothy as well, because I could barely tell them apart anymore. Now that your grandmother's gone, Dorothy the cat keeps me company. I can talk to her about anything, just like I could with my wife. Grandpa, can I ask you something? Oh, sure, Kevin, anything. What does it mean to be put down? Well, when a cat or a dog is old or sick and there's no one to take care of them, sometimes we have to put them to sleep so that they're at peace. Oh. Is that why you're so sad, Kevin? 
Are you worried that Dorothy's going to be put down? No, that's not why. Well, you have nothing to worry about. She's got a long and happy life ahead of her, just like you. Well, I'm sad because... I guess because I'm not going to be able to come and see you and Dorothy anymore. Don't be silly. What makes you say that? My mom and dad. I heard them saying that this is the last time I'll be able to see you because next week we're going to the vet and they're going to have me put down. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. I'm so sorry I didn't mean to scare you. I'm sure you just misunderstood them. No one is having anyone put down, okay? Not while I'm around. Okay. Are you sure you didn't hear them say something else instead? They said that... Dad? Dinner's ready. Ah, enough of the silliness. Let's go have some dinner. Mm-hmm. My goodness, James... I had no idea you were such a brilliant chef. <laughs> hey, thanks, Pop. We just knew you'd like it. This marinade is simply one of the finest I have ever sampled. Well, well we... I... I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can go. No, no, it's okay. You can go. I'm chewing. All righty, then. Uh, well, what we were trying to say is that both Minnie and I made the marinade. Minnie actually came up with the idea for it. Why, Minnie... Now I really am surprised. Oh. <laughs> you know, put her in the kitchen and she transforms into quite the little dictator. <laughs> I guess she does take after her mother after all. Kevin, honey, don't go too close to the stream. Oh, I'm sure he'll be fine. Let him explore. Getting into scrapes is what little boys do best. Uh, uh, well, we'd rather not let him get all bruised up. Can't be too protective at that age, I guess. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. I must tell you something very funny. Oh, yeah? Let's hear it. We love a good gut buster, right, honey? Oh, yeah. Well, when I was talking to Kevin inside before, he told me the darndest thing. He must have gotten so confused listening to all the grown-ups talk. He was very sweet, petting Dorothy, and he said that he was so sad he'd never get to sit with me and pet her again. He said you were going to take him to the vet and have him put down. Isn't that a riot? Uh, what is it? Why are you looking at me like that? Uh, hon, you... I, I thought today might be a good day to... Hmm. Oh, Pops, I'm so sorry that we didn't tell you ourselves. It's... It's sort of why we're here. Tell me. Tell me what? Oh, Dad. I'm... very... very, uh, sorry to say that it's not... working out with Kevin. So we've... Initiated all the uh, paperwork and uh, legal proceedings to have him put down next week. This. James, I have to tell you this is not my idea of humor. It's not a joke. 
I don't understand. Is being put down some sort of alternative therapy, or...? I don't... No, no, Dad. It's not. Ah! Dad! Let him go, hon. Just let him cool off. Dorothy, is she in there with you? I'm sorry, Cat. I'm not normally this impatient, but I desperately need to speak with my wife. Oh, it's time to turn the record over. But before we do, let's listen to an excerpt from the first chilling scene of Graham Resnick's 3D short, The Viewer. This is a Department of Justice-sanctioned medical procedure. Prospective enhancement lenses will allow you to see through the eyes of the suspect. Due to the nature of the procedure, the images observed will be psychologically tinted. Please do not be alarmed. Patient status. Awake. The drugs will wear off in a moment. Just a preliminary check. Level zero. I've been instructed, if necessary, to take you to level eight. But we're going to finish this before five. Any further than that would be dangerous. Wouldn't want to damage all that precious cargo. This is level one. The level shifts will come with a certain amount of mental and visual discomfort. So you'll know how much time you have left. Look right here. Why did you kill... 
And now, side two of The Grandfather. That's why we're doing this. He'll be much better off around other... I know, it's just he's my dad. I don't want him Minnie. To... I don't know, maybe we should... Look, we don't have to do anything about it now. I can call it off for today. Give it some time. Can you talk to him? Well, I don't think that... Please, Jane. If that's what you want... Yes. I'll go talk to him. Thank you. Oh, hey, Pops. Hello, James. Hey, uh, you want to take a walk with me? Sure, James. Let's do that. So, Dad, uh, can I call you that? All right, James. Okay, Dad. Uh, well, Minnie and I have been talking. We just, we know you've gotten very attached. We, we want you to know that we've exhausted every possibility here, and it's not like it's an easy thing to do. The paperwork, the bills, the legal wrangling. This whole ordeal is costing me an arm and a leg, and that's for darn sure. But, you know, it's not putting us out of house and home. I mean, thank goodness. It's not like we'll have another mouth to feed. Or... Is that what this is all about? Finances? I can help you Oh, with... no. No, no, it's not that. I've been doing very well. I mean, the economy may be in flux, but I'll tell you what. I tell all my investors. People will always need towels, and towels is what I do best. Then why, James? Well, hmm. James, I have to tell you. I'm in no mood to beat around the bush. I'm struggling to try and understand your side of the matter here. But you'll have to help me get there. All right? You really mean that? Yes, James, I do. Sheesh. I don't know what the point is. The point of what? Of playing this game with you. It's so frustrating. What are you talking about? Keeping up all this cheeriness. Look, I really shouldn't talk about this with you. James, we're family. Family is the most important thing. You won't be upset with me? I promise. Well, okay. It's sort of a... Let me ask you this. Go ahead. What was Minnie like growing up? Minnie? You know, when she was little. Was she uh, precocious, needy? Minnie took after her mother, I'd say, until she was a teenager. Did she ever uh, try to get people to do things for her? 
I'm not sure I know what you mean. Uh, you know, maybe this isn't the best. <laughs> James, tell me what you're talking about. Dad, I'm, uh, I'm afraid of her. I mean, she's becoming someone else, someone who has this terrible desire, this need to, like, uh... The need to control. She pushes me to places I never thought I'd go, and she holds things back from me, things that... Well, I, I don't want to say. I... These things, marital relations... Sometimes, if I don't do what she says, she hurts me. And when I do follow her orders, she makes me... She, she... In the heat of the moment, does she ask you to hurt her? She tells me I have to kill her. Sometimes I just get so mad at her for everything, and I, I worry that someday, someday maybe I will. James, you may not believe me, but I understand. She was like this as a child? Her mother. Oh. I... Have you approached her about this outside of the bedroom? I brought it up, but she told me it's not her. She's not herself anymore. Something's gotten inside of her, and it's eating her up like, like a parasite. When did she say this began? It began when Kevin was born. Oh, Kevin. Oh, God. I don't want to kill Kevin. I don't want to kill him. He's my son. And I love the heck out of him. I know he's done some bad things, but uh, killing him? Minnie says that he's controlling her. That when he sleeps at night, he puts thoughts in her head. When he's awake, he doesn't even know that he does it. Does Kevin sleep with you both at night? No. Minnie says she's only free of him when she's, you know. Oh, God, if she finds out... James. No, you don't understand. She can't find out I told you about this. James. I suspect she already knows. No, 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 no. Listen to me, son. This will be all right. How can you say that? Because I am no stranger to this situation. What do you mean? In my many years, I have gained certain experience and wisdom. Some of it falls under this umbrella. What can we do? What you can do is wait. Go find your boy. Stay with him. I will make some arrangements. Then I will talk with my daughter. Do you think she needs help? We all need help, James. I need you. He told you, didn't he? He alluded to certain things. It's happening to her, too. 
Poor little boy. We can't let it happen again, Dorothy. I can't let Minnie... If you do nothing, you do nothing. Kevin will destroy us. Minnie will die the same way that I died. I am eternally sorry. Ask and you shall receive. I place no blame on you. Even still, it was my seed that created her tainted brother. And James's that created her tainted son. So you think... The female line. Something dark is within me. Just as it was in me. I was cleansed when I passed over. But now it is within her. What should I do? Take her down to the stream and hold her head below the rocks. You can't be serious. She will not die. She will only be purified. And Kevin? The same. But listen to me. This is very important. Do not let him come near me. He's beginning to sense me as his undoing when he saw what me before. The thing inside was beginning to wake. They must be cleansed soon. All right, my love. I will do as you ask me to. I love you, my darling. Don't forget what is waiting for you when you have restored our family. I will never forget that. What are you doing out here by the water, Minnie? Turn to the left. Click, click, click. Minnie, we have to talk. Turn to the right and hear her speak. Minnie? Turn to the right. Click, click, crack. Turn it to the left. And bring her back. Do you remember that song? Yes. It's from Ireland. I found that out. I know. But nobody sings it in English. No one who speaks English sings it. Is that where she learned it? I think so. When? Long before you were born. Her mother used to sing it to her. And mom used to sing it to me. If I recall, Minnie, she used to sing it to your brother. <laughs> mm. I used to sit outside the bedroom door and listen. Mm. You were only two or three then. She only sat with him. They had a different kind of bond. Why did she never sing me to sleep? Your mother was afraid. <sighs> she had no reason to be. Yet, here we are. 
You think I'm like her? Yes, I do. I don't even remember her. She remembers you. You know, maybe she was only afraid for me, not of me. What makes you say that? It isn't me she should be worried about. I agree. Did... Did Mom... Did she know what he was? Not until it was... too late. Do you think it's too late for me? No. Then what do we have to do? It won't take long. I think I'm afraid. Come with me to the water. Pop, say. James. Now, Dad, before you get angry. Angry? Look, I didn't want to alarm you, but I had to call some folks. When you say some folks. They're with us. They're friends. They're coming here to help with everything, okay? They're going to take you with them, and I'm going to take Dorothy. Everything will be done very peacefully. I don't follow you, James. You're talking gibberish. Why don't you have a seat? Will you please explain? We just want to make sure you're in a place that you'll be comfortable. We've talked about this before. We showed you your new home at Brookside, don't you remember? Oh. He did this, didn't he? What? He's doing this right now. He's shifting things. Who are you talking about? Where is Kevin? Kevin? He's in the living room saying goodbye to the cat. Oh, no! Good God, no! You, you, you've got to stop him! Hey, hey, will you stop? Everything's fine. You've got to stop the boy! I think it's better if we leave him out of this, don't you? Are you serious? Dad, just sit down, will you? Stop calling me... Dorothy! to take him to the water right now or he'll die you stay away from us 
James, he needs to be cleansed. I'm sorry he killed your cat, but you don't hit him across the face! He's not himself anymore. Neither are you. We're leaving. Come here. Are you all right, buddy? Dad. Everything's going to be okay. I want to I go home. Let's go. to do what you asked, but I don't think it worked. I know that you can hear me. Choose your family, listener, can you? And they do say blood is thicker than water. But in this case, they'll need a hell of a lot of water to clean up this family's little get-together. Still, what's a family to do when they find themselves beyond the pale? Until next time, this is Fezzenden signing off. You have just listened to The Grandfather, written and directed by Graeme Resnick, produced by Larry Fessenden, Glenn McQuaid and Lisa Wisely featuring the voice talents of Angus Grimm Matt Huffman Kate Scheel Michael Daddario Brenda Cooney Larry Fessenden and Edie and Ned as Dorothy the Cat Theme music by Jeff Grace Music, sound design and mix by Graeme Resnick Additional re-recording mixer Jeff Seeley Angus Grimm recorded at the Hobby Shop by Andrew Murdoch VO recorded at Digit Audio by John Morose Jeff Seeley and Chris Dickinson. Sound supervisor, Tom Effinger. Dig It In-House producer, Alicia Loving. Audio post facility, Dig It Audio Inc. in NYC, and a hobby shop in LA. Special thanks to Kat Van Dyke. Copyright, Glass Eye Picks, 2010. Three nights under the spell of a full moon. Charlie can't fathom the things he's done. Blackout. Only on Tales from Beyond the Pale. The podcast.